Bottoms up. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I think this is episode 32. Could be. Could be. We have lost track. Yeah, we, we, we kind of had a lock-up, vapor lock-up <laughs> for a little <laughs> while here. And, uh, how, how many weeks has it been, Fred? Uh, I don't know, maybe three. I think more. I, I think we're, we're almost a month. A month, eh? Well, it, now for me it seems longer because I only did maybe the one episode after I came back from New York and I, w- I missed two or three episodes there. So I, it, for me it feels like we just haven't been recording very much. But we hope to get back on a regular schedule, right, Fred? Right. <laughs> well, make sure you're still with. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell, I'm going to tell the listeners here, you know, what happened, okay? I, I think, and you, know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you were ready to throw in the towel when the Mueller testimony didn't... Oh, <laughs> didn't still get, am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling you, that cliff is not as high as you think it is. Um, in fact, you know what's I'm interesting... still teetering on the parapet. <laughs> no, I, and, and, and you know what's interesting is... Um, well, let's, let's do our, our special guest introduction, because otherwise I'll just keep going. Uh, so uh, today we are joined, we are honored to have with us, I don't mind saying a relative, but we won't go any farther than that, but known as Miss Woo Woo. So Miss Woo Woo, say Here hello. I am. Hello, hello. <clears throat> uh, first time podcaster, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, First time uh, having fun in the Bay, Muscamute. So I'm in a first time mode lately. Um, and you know what? We'll talk a, a little bit about that later. Because it could lead into our topic of about like traditional things. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you for having me, though. Thank you. No, thanks for joining. We always like more guests, and uh, uh, regardless of the cultural topic, I know that you are quite politically minded uh, and um, uh, voiceless about your opinions. I just at least think my thoughts and I say them. I don't hold back. You're right. Yeah. Um, and you've come closer than anyone else in the family of uh, uh, excommunicating other family members. Um, actually, I have done that. <laughs> and friends. And that's and a, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balance for everyone that, that, that does engage in political discourse. Yeah. Um, uh, and I know the reasons why it does tear apart families and to a certain extent good friends. I've been fortunate enough where... It hasn't really hit me that way, but you married into a family that's a little bit more... A little bit um, more different than me. Yeah. <laughs> You're so kind. I try and be. That's my yeah. whole angle, you know? So I have to let go of them when they get a little too angry or bitchy or crazy or whatever they're doing that day. Cory Booker, the happy warrior. Isn't that his Isn't that his, uh, I, his slogan or one of his slogans? Yeah. And uh, He's I, got I, momentum. I, I got to say, I'm... The gal was asking me about this um, on our way back from, I think it was Higgins. And we were talking, and I said, you know, I'm really starting to get on this Cory Booker train. Mm. You know? Oh, I know what it was. It was following the latest gaffe of Biden, (laughs) Um, which was a pretty bad gaffe. I'm not sure I know which one. I've been off grid. Uh, uh, Poor kids are as smart as white kids. Oh, I think I, I thought that was like a fake <laughs> he did, meme. He did sort of. He said, "I meant to say wealthy." Tried to do damage control, uh, but that's not how it's being portrayed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all the networks that don't back him. You know, we're so PC lately that things do get so twisted. 
but it was it wasn't it, it here, wasn't here's meant. The, no, no. Here, here's I I, I don't want our our most progressive fans, whatever, to to think that I'm not on, you know, I wouldn't vote for Biden. Biden would be a great candidate. He probably is still, in my opinion, the, the most electable over Trump. I think he pulls more Trump voters than anybody else. That gaffe to me is just that. But what it shows is he's still sort of back in time. He he really, you know, his, 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 uh, his thought process isn't what today's thought process should be about, or you wouldn't ever say that. He's our parents. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way of putting yeah. it. And, 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 you know, 30 years ago, there are many, not everyone, but there are many 30 years ago that wouldn't have even batted an eye at a comment like that. Mm. You know? But he has to be better than that. He has to come up into today's age and be more sensitive. I always will believe that his heart is in the right place. You know? And I think most people who aren't going to jump on him and attack him, understood what he was, tr- what he meant yes. to say. But in Biden's case, he, he's a gaffer. He just and, does stuff like and, that. And, you know, if, if having to explain or have people explain what you meant to say versus what you sound like you said is a disqualifier for being president, well... <laughs> then how did, you know, Trump ever get elected? Because that's all they do is re-explain what he said. What he right? meant to what say. What he meant to say, yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's get to the beer, and then um, I will, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mention the, the, about the mall testimony. I hadn't lost track of what I wanted to say about that. Okay. So uh, beverages provided by Woo Woo today, so uh, yep, very much appreciated. Thank you. Um, she is uh, from out of state, and... Uh, she said, well, what do I need to do to prepare? How, what do, and I said, bring Michigan beer. I did. So what do you got here for us? Uh, Black Rocks Presque Ale. Limited release. And it's a native brewed in Marquette, Michigan. And it's got a cool can. It's got like this oil spill kind of look of colors. And it's got all sorts of inf- interesting information on it. And uh, I think you could even, in a, in a situation you needed a compass, you could use the can. <laughs> yeah, it has a it has, uh, degree markings or whatever that is on the top of the can. And yeah. uh, for those uh, that are not from Michigan, uh, uh, in the Upper Peninsula, off of Marquette, there's an isle, an island called Presque Isle, and this is called Presque Isle. So I think it's a, a play on that, right? Yep. Ooh. Um, it did say that it was, uh, in the description, it said it was uh, hoppy. Uh, but it didn't bill itself as, say, like a IPA, just more of an American ale, I guess. Um, so we'll see here. I'm giving mine a pretty good pour, and yeah. uh, the head looks terrific. The color, the color is very yellowy, yellowy gold. It's very um, pretty. Okay, I don't like as much head, but that's just my interpretation of beer. <laughs> you know what else I noticed? It said. Buy within four months of date, and we're good because this was put out on June twenty fourth of this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're all right in the date. Oh, there there is a hoppiness to this yeah. beer. I gave a quick test. What, what do you see, Fred? I say you, you see that you're starting to see that more and more on these craft beers. These drink by time. Mm-hmm. They're not very big windows, right? No, most of them are only three or four months, and so. But I think people don't want preservatives in their beers, and they're doing more natural. And I guess. I you think know, that's what it is. Life. Yeah. The shelf life. All right, well, let's do a quick bottoms up and 5.5. So Look at me, I already little did. past kiss your sister level, right? Yeah. All right. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Oh. 
Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. You, do you? Yes, I do. I have I have tendencies so you, to hoppy. A you like bit. hoppy beers, then? I'm getting better. I have a friend that's a hot monster. So when we go out, she's always like, say, try this, try this, try this. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, weaning out of the wheats and the Belgiums and going in for more um, stronger, stronger yeah. flavor, back flavor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a few hoppy beers I like. I'm going to still probably reserve judgment on this one until sort okay. of the end, end of the segment. But I right now... You know, that's what jumps out at me. Um, but uh, there's there's some good flavors in there. I think this beer is very balanced. Yeah. It is a very, yeah. you know, you, you're not getting hit by all the, mm-hmm. you know, these hard hits with different flavors. It's just mm-hmm. a nice, smooth balance. Too. Well, you, you know, oftentimes for Went me, down easy. the hoppy beers always have this really strong grapefruit uh Attack. Yeah, to, but this one does not. So when I first tasted it, the hops really came through, mm-hmm. but that grapefruit, uh, you know, acidity or whatever you want to call it, didn't. So it's, that's why it, when you you guys were saying it was really hoppy, it's like well, I think I was thinking sort of the same thing. It it didn't overdo the grapefruit hit. My second sip is better than my first, so I think it's just right. going to keep getting better. I like what they say. They call it a fresh, clean flavor, and there's definitely like a, a, a nice, fresh palate left over yeah. when you go down. It's definitely yeah. is a summer beer. Yeah, De- definitely a summer beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. And a lot of good messaging on the can uh, about what summers are about and things like that and getting together. So, uh, and I don't know that we've done a black Black Rock. Doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, because um, just to make sure that we didn't double up, she called me and said, what about Black Rock? And I said, I don't know that we've done one. It doesn't smell very hoppy, though. Maybe it was just the initial intake, because I'm thinking, no, not even, doesn't have that strong, like, fermenting smell to me. Huh. Good stuff. Um, so back what I was saying before we get into our, 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 our main topic, um, today uh, was even though going way back to the Mueller testimony on subst- or on, on, on style it was very lacking but people got past the style points quickly and now when you hear dialogue about it you hear more about the substance and the substance of what he said has lingered far longer than his poor style both in the national news and I think in with those that were questioning, you know, I don't know if it, if it means, you know, Nadler's doing his thing with, you know, trying to gather information and inquiry on impeachment. You know, I still say that seems highly unlikely, but I don't think that the Mueller testimony was the, um, the huge disappointment that it appeared that it was that morning. I wasn't so much. I, I was, I won't lie, I, I was disappointed in the way he kind of came across because it, it, it's a performance. But my biggest problem with, with him in, in his testimony is that the guy is bending over backwards to be fair to Trump. Yes. How about being fair to the country? Yeah. I, I just felt like he had plenty of wiggle room to push it a little more in the other direction, and he wouldn't do it because he's being the Boy Scout He's trying so, he's, like I said, he's killing himself to stay so he looks like he's not being partisan and going after Trump to the point 
that he's effing over the rest of the country. Yeah, How about yeah. giving us a break? You know all the stuff. Right. Give us a break. Give he he could have gone farther on a number of points with without you know damaging his integrity or whatever. And he, and he just made it too easy to get get his teeth kicked in, you know. But but I think that part has healed the the the, the, the teeth kicking in part, right? And I think that you other than just not indicting Donald Trump, the Trumpsters really have had nothing else to talk about from the Mueller testimony. They get, they'll get clobbered in terms of substance of what he said, not as far as what he should have said. But, you know, the, all their takeaways came from questions that were asked by knuckleheads like, you know, Ratcliffe or whatever his name was, Ratliff. Oh, that guy was. <laughs> yeah, thank God. He, his... his Fifteen minutes are over. <laughs> I was sweating it when that guy was up from DNI. It's like, oh my god. Uh, and there has been a lot that has happened since the Mueller testimony and whatever our last podcast was. <laughs> we might have a new president. Who knows? <laughs> I was thinking in prep for this show, did we want to make a list of everything that we're not going to talk about? <laughs> It, it's minute by minute. Uh, it, it is. And, you know, we miss a week or two, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, what's, what's, what's too old to even talk about or changed, right? One thing hasn't changed, gun control. Uh, no. And, and the only thing that changes there is um, the ebb and flow of when these tragedies happen and then mm. it surfaces. But mm. the, the, but the uh, I'll overuse the word again, the substance of the conversation really doesn't change. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, I just happened to be in uh, Dayton uh, this weekend. Uh, we had t tickets for a concert long ago. Uh, uh, two of our, uh, uh, there was two couples that went down there. Uh, and, you know, there, there were two things that, that, that struck me. One is, uh, you know, had the shooter decided to wait a week I could have been right there yeah. I mean you know that's the that's the that's the bar district where Ned Peppers is that's where people go when they're in Dayton to um, to meet and greet and drink um, so there was that little kind of uneasiness but you know it, it's not about me and it's not about that shooting you know so um, mm. the other thing though that did happen is uh, so we went down there after our concert and we went down to that uh, district, the Oregon district, to have a drink and whatnot. And in front of Ned Peppers, they had the um, um, all of the uh, ad hoc memorials that you know people had put up. Um, someone had create uh, 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 set up these uh, uh, series of white crosses. So whoever took the time to do that, you know, and then there were poster boards with photos, and then lots of flowers placed, and then there was a there was like a, a, a a large memorial and then further down there was a smaller one so don't know exactly you know like what the exact series of, of events were in that 30 seconds um, but something happened that was like one door down you know mm -hmm. and and that kind of thing um, but the other thing I believe the event all took place outside though didn't yes it? it was all outside That's what I thought, he, on he, the was, street. he was um, I guess he tried to enter and also, he would have entered had the police not acted as quickly as they did. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, 
it would have been a much worse situation. But, mm. um, you know, the police brought him down in 30 seconds, which is just incredible when you think about it. Yeah. Um, when we were there, police presence was strong, but I hear that it's always strong because it's it's the bar district and, you know, they're ready for trouble, not that kind of trouble, right? But, uh, um, and we had a, <laughs> it was interesting. I, I, I walked up to an officer. I, we were looking for a place that still had a kitchen open because uh, we got down there really late after our concert. So it was like almost midnight. And so I'm like, well, we need some local knowledge, you know? So I walked over to a couple officers standing there and I said, hey, you know, not from around here. What, uh, where, 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 what place is still going to be serving food? And so they mentioned um, a pizza place. Um, and, uh, you know, but then I certainly felt compelled to give an extra thank you to those guys. Oh, for sure. Right, you know? <clears throat> and, uh, and they knew exactly what that extra thank you was. There was the thank you for the pizza, and then there was the thank you, you know? You know? Um, and, and, and he acknowledged what, what I was saying. So... Were the streets packed? Yes. Okay. Streets were pretty packed. Um, That's good to hear. Uh, but uh, when I got to the memorial, or to when, to when I got to the front of Ned Pepper's, I, I it was much more emotional than I was prepared for, just myself. I mean, I, I was really overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm having a little bit of a hard time making sure I can keep this, you know, uh, all square right now, but... I think it's when you see the photos with the names. It it seems like they're like it's almost someone you probably knew or would have hung out with or something, and that's that's where it gets so personal. Here's here's why it seems so personal uh, for me. At that, there, there, it wasn't the crosses, it wasn't the photos. Oh, it okay. was it was just being right there. The the moment. The moment because yeah. you're there and you're with your friends and, and you're, you're having alive a drink and you're drinking and yeah. you're and you're watching the other people and they're conversing and they're you know having drinks and whatever and some are looking at memorial at the memorial some a lot of people are taking pictures but it wasn't like they were just there for that right, right. but what you really acknowledge is that you know seven or eight days ago I guess it would have been eight or nine days prior to that. These same kind of people are here enjoying themselves, right. you know, and now you're there, and you can you're, you're you can almost just try and and imagine the horror that all of a sudden ensued for thirty seconds. It's just, you know, that's what really got me is you know, they they were people just out just having a good time, and and you know, just like the people in the Walmart or whatever. But you know, when you put yourself there for me when I put myself in that situation uh, the level of empathy went way up you know and not just for the people that were shot but also for the um, the, the people they were with I mean just imagine that right I mean survivor's guilt it's, yeah it's I PS, mean your friend it's PSD, and, you know, isn't it or what do they I call mean, them PTSD P- yeah yeah no and survive yeah it's just uh, and so you know i consider myself a fairly empathetic person as it is, but my empathy went way, way up just by being out in front of that bar. And it really brought tears to my eyes. It was, it was, it was, it was tough. And you know who couldn't force himself to go there? Yeah. And, of and, course, we all know who that is. And, and, and the mayor said he shouldn't. The mayor thought it would be a bad idea if he did. And, and, and that's equally as sad. Well, I think it was a bad idea he went there, period. Uh, and, and, and out of our group, the four of us, I wasn't the only one that really uh, had a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 
Well, I know. I, was, I mentioned, I think, I went to the 9-11 memorial very, very soon afterwards. Yeah. I think we were anywhere between... So like, that went years later. Five, yeah. five to six weeks afterwards. We, That's really close. It was very close. It, the dust hadn't settled. Yeah. And um, we couldn't even get into certain areas at the time. We were walking. Rick was working in New York at the time and knew his way around that part of town. And we were walking. And it was just so heartbreaking. And, and they were already starting to really... Um, clear some of the area around, mm-hmm. um, as they call it, Ground Zero at that point. And I just remember the overwhelming feeling of sadness and I'm sure. desolation. And um, you know, how is it some people that day were there, and now some don't, and how we're still here? Mm-hmm. You know, like you just you feel that you, you know, and it is so bizarre. People die, and then they're like gone. The essence is gone. And when it happens with such violence, it's so hard. Yeah, right, because it's so unnecessary. Right. I mean, you know, untimely death, you could always say, is unnecessary, but some are more unnecessary some are than preventive. others. Maybe I, some are more preventable. Well, that's where, that's 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 the control part, right? That's I mean, right. How, 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 you know, it's, it's really frustrating um, from but, our standpoint. But our right? point of view, too, is mine at least, is this has been happening since Sandy Hook. And we're well, Columbine. It really started Columbine. With Columbine. You're right. I get wrong with that, but I, I think no, no. But but it's not. You're not wrong to say it started with Sandy Hook. At least the level, the of national awareness level, and and outcry to do something. Plus, social media was more on tune yes. at that point. And I don't think we had social media when Columbine happened. I don't think yet it was that prevalent. Right. 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 But the fact that nothing happened after Sandy Hook right. is still mind-boggling to me. I mean, if that doesn't right. force your hand and make you mm-hmm. act human, and that was so close. I mean, it was it was much closer to after the first assault weapons ban ended. Yeah, you know that ended in two thousand four. Yeah. Sandy Hook was two thousand nine. You're asking the wrong. Guy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good know. fact check. Maybe two thousand eleven. But anyway, uh, you know now we're. You know, 15 years past the assault weapons ban, but there's no question. I mean, I mean, it's it's difficult to to um, kind of have this conversation when it's been so hammered over and over again by people that believe in more gun control, right? We just kind of feel like we're spinning our wheels. You know, is there is there is there a new angle here that is being taken by the progressive movement that that didn't work in Sandy Hook. Is there something else? Well, that... I think we need to to just back away from the NRA because they're going to do what they want. I think we need to go after the people that actually manufacture the ammo and and the actual production of guns and regulate them better. Well, I'm a big proponent. I mean, I could give you a list of all the things that I think need to happen for gun control, which, in my opinion, do not infringe upon the Second Amendment. Right? I mean, I. I totally believe if you want to own a gun, you, need, you can be a responsible gun owner. I don't have a problem with that. I have guns in my house. I mean, if, it's not a problem. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> no, if, I do. I have a gun safe. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't have a Obviously problem. Obviously, you didn't see it before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with people having firearms for home protection, uh-huh. you know? And that's not what the Second Amendment is about, and, you know, that's a... Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit, but... Um, I, I don't really have a problem with that. People that have firearms in their house, 
uh, I think that, you know, part of the training mm -hmm. or part of the requirements to own a firearm is to understand what it means to have a firearm in your house. You know, to understand the, the, the statistics of you are, you know, six times more likely to shoot an innocent family member than to ever, you know, shoot an intruder. So mm -hmm. if you want to take that risk, this is what you're doing and this is how it's done, you know. Right. It, you know, because there's a lot of people that buy firearms for home protection and don't understand the risks involved in, in having. Ours is for a sport. Um, and, then, and then there's the, the yeah, the, the hunting conversation thing is all separate, right? That's yeah. a, that's a completely, that's yeah, that, that's a, that's a completely separate uh, but we do have it, and people who do enjoy the sports, they get themselves uh, information through the NRA. Which used says, to be a sporting organization. Right. Now it's not. It's totally a whole other, you know. It's a political society. Now. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, originally they were there for support the hunters. Yeah. And now, you know, it's changed up a lot. So, back to my question. Is there anything different about these events that are going to change the, the 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 gun control conversations in Washington. I did just hear today on something, I was listening to something, and they said that currently there is almost like a 94% tile of voters that do want to do very secure background checks. Enhanced background checks. Right. But, I, you know, whatever the... F that means. I, okay. I, I, you know, because I think it's it's regulated by different states. I don't think this is a federal. No, no, it's all federal. Is it federal? Uh, there, there, are, there are a few states that have additional requirements put on them. But not all of them. But not only, only like one or two. And it's really not that strong anyway. No, because you can buy a gun from a private owner and not go through one. That is what, that, that's, the, that's the loophole. So anyone that tells you that everything goes through background check, no. they're, they're lying to you. And then they say, well... You know, gun shows, it's a gun show loophole. No, gun shows, it, I know all the lines. I, I argue with these knuckleheads all the time. You know, well, gun shows are all, um, you know, re, uh, licensed dealers, and licensed dealers still need a background check. And no, that's not true. If if you're at a gun show and you are a licensed dealer, dealer you still need the background check. Mm -hmm. But just because, you, but anyone can go to a gun show, and a private seller can be a non-licensed dealer. So the gun show loophole is real. And it is not uh, this made-up thing that the the wingnuts want to uh, to make it seem like it's because that's know. where they get most of their guns. Well, I think you know, so. I, I it, 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 it could be um, really what the problem is, in my opinion, is just that even buying guns legally, it, it it's too easy to buy guns legally. I mean, and to amass a lot of guns. And and. and like and, how many, I mean, unless you're a collector or something, right. how many AK-15s do you need or whatever they're called? Yeah, right. No, exactly. Uh, like, where, I, I where really are you going to use all these? Um, when, when people start amassing, you know, 10, 20, 40 guns, whatever it is, uh, to me, there's something else there. Like, that's when, you know, like, why? Mm -hmm. you, you know, it, I, the mental evaluation needs to come up, the, mm -hmm. you know. What kind of fear and paranoia are you living in? Yeah, how bad is your neighborhood? <laughs> you know, that that um, uh, to to me that is part of the red flag, and um, and I think the red flag laws are are really interesting, and I'm, in, I'm that's one of the things that is being done by state, and I don't think we need a federal red 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 flag law. I think Congress is looking at it currently. 
um, uh, I don't know how it would be implemented because so much goes down to. But um, it would make the constituents happy. No, no, no. It, it, it's it's any motion, any movement will be good on this, right? So, right. Um, uh, but red flag laws are pretty much driven by. Uh, local complaints about individuals, right? You don't go... I, mean, I I suppose some people would go to the FBI and say this person's dangerous, but red flag is really not just about mass shooters. It's a lot about domestic disputes, you know? And, you know, a woman breaks up with her husband or boyfriend and knows he's dangerous and has guns and she wants to red flag him. That's not a federal thing to me. That is a state thing, but... You raised the question a minute ago about will things be different? Isn't, isn't mm -hmm. that what you were saying? And or is there a different tact? You know, is there a different angle that is being used now? I think there is, and it's because the dipshit in the White House can't keep his mouth shut about white supremacy stuff. So he's actually, in my opinion, He's hurting their cause, if anything, from a gun standpoint, mm -hmm. because he won't shut his mouth and he, he won't apologize for the horrible things he's saying. And he's kind of given the blessing. That's just red meat for the people who want to go after more gun control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You follow my... No, I, I do. I think it, 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 it creates more... To me, that's more, different. You've um, got the highest official in the land, right, right. And, and he's doing all these stupid things. But then there's McConnell, and he's not bothered by anything. He's not bothered by Trump. He's not bothered by uh, uh, constituency pressure. He's not bo uh, bothered by um, Democratic pressure. He's not bothered by anything. That guy's got to go. He, he does got to go. And, um, he may be he, a bigger he, problem than Trump. Uh, I actually did block somebody that lived in Kentucky. <laughs> Was his name Mitch? Atta girl. Had to. She blocked Mitch. Um, but I, uh, you know, the, the, the background thing, um, you what, know. You they, know, with the background thing, what is, what, what problem do people have with an extensive background check? You're still going to get your gun if you're legally worthy of it. Why do you care if it takes five days or 30 no one's stopping you from getting the gun. You, you know, we've talked about this in other aspects of politics, Fred. It's about the winning, right? For, 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 for the gun nuts, you know, put them in the conservative or the Trumpster or whatever bucket you want to put them in. For the gun nuts, it's, that would be a loss. They would lose a battle, even though, in my opinion, it actually would be a fairly inconsequential and nil battle. I, I really don't expect, if they, if they uh, uh, expand background checks to private sales and maybe implement some changes in the, um, in the process, like one of the things is if you don't get your background check in 72, 72 hours, you're automatically approved. Like, how ass backwards is that? Right. If you don't get it in 72 hours, you should automatically not be approved, <laughs> reapply, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so so you know, if they fix up a few of those those loopholes, um, I, I'm not sure that we see gun deaths go down from 30,000 to 15,000, you know? I mean, I just don't know if it makes that much of a, uh, of a change in what the goal should be, right? And the, 
forget about wins and losses and policies. The goal should be we have 30,000 gun deaths in the United States every year. About two-thirds of those are suicides. How do we bring these numbers down, you know? How do we get more in line with other developed and highly technologicalized countries? I think it's the three things we just mentioned. It's control of the overall who gets a gun in their hand. It's control of who is manufacturing the gun and get control probably of the NRA by getting rid of the Republicans. If the, <laughs> if the Democrats could get those three things going, then um, we'd, get, we'd get some momentum on these guns. Um, well, I, I think that, that, that sets the table, but then, you know, you know, what do we want? Like, like, like you know, you, you mentioned before um, a- ammunition. Oh yeah. So so why buy a thousand rounds of ammunition? California has has, has, how many rabbits do you got? (laughs) Um, California. California has a lot of rabbits. No, California just passed uh, uh, ammo registration. So on on top of gun registration in California, you uh, you you have to uh, register your ammo. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I think that's key. Right. I mean, when you think about, you know, the Vegas shooter. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, not only just the amount of guns, but the amount of ammunition. Um, you could have buckets. For yeah. Right. I mean, um, and, and nobody could have taken that whole that hotel much. down. They said it had gone kablooey or something. Yeah. yeah. One piece that I'm in, I'm a big supporter of and I don't know whether or not it would ever pass constitutional muster, but I think it could. Um, with the right Supreme Court or with the right arguments. You mean changing the Second Amendment? Well, see, changing the Second Amendment, that's already happened. The Second Amendment has already changed. But mm-hmm. let, me, let me finish my thought, and that is um, insurance. Mm-hmm. I think requiring gun owners to have insurance, liability insurance, uh, all of a sudden is a huge game changer. Okay. Because what do insurance companies hate doing? Paying out. Paying out. Money. Paying out. <laughs> and if you look like a risk... You're not getting that insurance card, and then therefore you're not getting you know that license. That that to me would be the the number one game changer. Is that an infringement? You know we get into the arguments of of that right. Um, Privilege versus non-privilege. Who's afford taking for the insurance? There's 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 but you know what? Then maybe you shouldn't. But you're right. Then that does bring up you know those folks that really believe that they need a firearm for home protection. Right, inner city inner people, city people and, who carry and, a lot of money, bus- yep. small businesses that do yep. their own cash and carry, and, and um, you know, uh, hmm. they're the black people. I mean, the poor people. That was my that was my Biden gaffe. <laughs> kind of thought so, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. So you know, you, but also, what about this? What about different kinds of weapons require license, or you know, you don't need insurance, you know. On your nine millimeter home protection pistol, but you need it on, you know, anything, you know, any semi-automatic long rifle, things like that. So th- I think there's a lot of ways to attack that, but I think the point is, if you have, it's always about the money, and so if you tie the money into it, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the control happens, and nobody does that better than insurance companies. Mm-hmm. They will analyze this. Eight ways from Sunday <laughs> and figure out, whoa, we're not paying out mm-hmm. and we're taking this guy's money on I don't insurance. think they want to take the liability on myself. I oh, if they could make money, they would do it. Yeah. If they would, if they, if we're talking about insurance companies. If there's a way for them to make money. You don't think they would have already thought of this already? No, no, no. I'm sure insurance companies have. But 
I don't. You mean it, like a new insurance company? For no, 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 no. It has to be a part of the law. You have to um, pass a law that says in order to. So you're creating an industry for the yes, gun, the guns. Yes, sales. for the insurance company, mm. not for the guns. I'm creating an industry for the insurance company. All right. I mean, just just like your automobile, you know. Um, mm. but, but I, I was going to say about the Second Amendment, and I I, I just want to clear this up. Um, to those that are listening and that think they know what the Second Amendment is about, okay? And I've done a fair amount of reading on this. I've done a lot of listening on it. Uh, I'm not a real big fan necessarily of the Federalist Papers, but if you really want to understand what the Second Amendment was about, check out Federalist, I think it's 29, written by Hamilton. And basically he explains what the Second Amendment was for and why it was put in and the debates that ensued, okay? And they are not for this idea that the founders thought that we need to arm the people because we might get tyrannical. No. That was not what their thought process was, okay? They, that, they didn't see that as the civilian uprising over the government, okay? They were so proud of their government. <laughs> Right. And if everything stayed in place, right, what the Founding Fathers were completely against, and I just read a lot about this also in um, Maddow's book, Drift, she talked about it, is a standing army. They did not want to have a standing army. One is it was too costly. So, you know, they, they didn't want to raise taxes to have a standing army. And two, it put too much power concentrated in the central government to then, if you have an army, what are you going to do with it? You're going to make war with it. So let's not have a standing army. And we actually practiced this uh, pretty much up until World War II. After World War II, there was the drawdown of the uh, of the services. So we had like, you know, half a million people involved in World War II. After uh, World War II, I think we drew down to, I think it may have been 100,000. But prior to World War II, our army was like 20,000. Yeah. And everything was based on the National Guard, a.k.a. the well-regulated militias. So that's what they had in mind. And that they also, if you wanted to go to war, the, the civilian population had to feel it. They had to be a part of it. They had to have a stake in the game. So this way, there's lively debate as to whether or not the war is justified. And we can think about all of the different military conflicts that we've had over the last, you know, hundred years and how few have actually uh, involved public discourse and real debate as to whether or not we should do it or not. Well, some of them are romanticized by the journals, journalists that we're following. Right, know, but, but like I'm saying Mexican before Mexican War that, and the French and Indian but, but War. But before we start those things, it was the fact that we had a standing army that made it real mm-hmm. easy. I'm saying post those yeah, times. Right? Okay. Before then, it was, you call up the National Guard. Right. So that's what the founders had in mind, bringing this back to gun control. The founders had in mind with the Second Amendment was right. a well-regulated militia that could be called upon for war had nothing really to do with... They didn't want another Napoleon Bonaparte to come in and take over a country, and that's what happened with the French during um, one of their revolutions. Well, they also didn't want a standing army like Napoleon Bonaparte had because all he wanted to do with that army was conquer, right. and that's not what... America was founded on right. was this idea. Well, of and but we were based basic a little bit on the French democracy originally. They kind of took well, a little bit of the classical and the, of Greece and a little bit of the French, and that's kind of Jefferson was huge on the French. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. 
No, 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 it's good info. But but anyway, so, you know, you know, the, the Second Amendment has get, has gotten kicked around for all these different, you know, um, uh, explanations, and, and there really is only one explanation. Um, you know, the, the, the battles over the, the, the debates, interestingly enough, about the Second Amendment had more to do with slave states. So then there was that aspect of it. So here's why they put in the Second Amendment. It was debated because they were these regulated militias going to be uh, used just to round up slaves. <laughs> and, um, you know, is that the, the, the North really didn't want to have the, the states have that kind of um, control with militias. Right. Um, but they still didn't want a federal army either. Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the, the compromise between uh, rogue bands of armed people and a standing army were that was the National Guard. Yeah. Or the, 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 and so that's really what it's about. And um, the other interesting thing that when you start reading a little bit about the Constitution was how much most of these um, founding fathers saw it as a living document. That, that it had to be, that they expected to be changed as society progresses. And, you know, we've had what, um, I don't know how many amendments there are. Oh, I think there's over 40 now. So there was the 10 that started, and then I think we're up to 40 something. And, but we haven't had an, another amendment or change in our Constitution in like 70 years now. Hmm. When in the first, you know, 150, there was a bunch of them. No, it's because they can't get enough people to agree on anything. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's... Well, it's three-quarters of Congress or two-thirds. Right. But the people, <laughs> the people will agree. What do you mean? The politicians won't agree. I think that there's lots that the people would agree upon. Oh, yes. I, I like, totally like, agree. You know, the politicians, you can't right. get two-thirds of them to do anything. Yeah, I, I don't know. When's the last time anything required two-thirds that was passed or... I can't think of any. Yeah. I don't know. There was something. I don't know. Naming a library or something. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to have as a requirement. It's just, but wasn't the last time you heard any of them, those dysfunctional idiots, two-thirds agree on anything. Yeah. Yeah. There was a bipartisan bill recently. I'm trying to think what it was. Um, but I think it just passed Mitch, the House again. Mitch but, killed it? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the pile. I'm sure. <laughs> um, Mid August, they go back in, out of re recess. Is that what they're no, doing? No, vacation? Mid, Mid September. Mid September. They're oh, off for six, six weeks, weeks, seven weeks, something like that. Sweet. They say it's supposed to be their district working time. <laughs> it's time off. It's vacation. Yeah, I mean they're going to go to state fairs and you know, Glad hand. you know that kind of stuff, but. But will they do something when they come back? They, I, I also wanted to, to, to bring up a topic within this, um, this week of gun violence. Um, this uh, story about uh, this Yahoo that went into that the in Missouri, right? uh, Walmart in Missouri. Uh, would you know what I'm talking about? So uh, just a couple days ago, okay. a, um, a knucklehead wearing um, body armor, Mm -hmm. And an AR-15 or some type yeah, of assault rifle. Oh, he's a cause dress-up guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, slung on his back, yeah. walked into a Walmart um, with, uh, with, with his phone in hand and was recording reactions of people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the store manager. Blatto, can I uh, jump in real quick? Yeah, Fred. One thing you probably need to mention is that's a right to carry state. Yeah, that's an open carry state. Yeah. Um, uh, that's they have some of the loosest gun laws, I think. In Missouri. I'm sure Missouri does, and also Walmart is an open carry policy retailer. So they, prom- I don't want to say they promote the idea of open carry in their stores, but they allow it. They allow it and say we don't have a problem with it, especially for those WalMarts. Not all of them sell guns, but for those that do, um, and so you know, so you know, this guy walks in. And there's, I don't know about a, a level of panic. I didn't hear that. But the store manager pulls the fire alarm, which is probably what he is protocol to do in a live shooter situation. Then the guy, he, he's walking out of the store. Has he got the gun just slung over? Yes. He's yes. not. No. If he's, if, he's, if he's holding it, that's another matter altogether. Okay. Because that's brandishing to... a weapon. Okay. Yes. And so he's just carrying it. Open carry. Open carry. I think he has a slung on his back. Okay. Although it could be slung on his front because some, some have the harness on the front too. Whatever. Anyway, so then he exits the store and an off-duty fireman with a carry permit stops him, pulls his gun on him, and holds him until the police arrive. Mm-hmm. And it's been really interesting. I've been reading a lot of social media about this, especially... Uh, on the Breitbart side of things. And it, the Breitbart, they first promoted the story as uh, good guy with gun stops, stops potential bad guy with gun, okay? Because that's their narrative, right? More guns makes the world safer, which is just the most ludicrous thing ever. Right. Like, we, <laughs> the solution to gun violence is more guns. It's, it, it defies any kind of logic. Well, it, it, yeah, in Texas. I mean, that was a carry, open carry. There was people, I'm sure, that had guns in that Walmart. We didn't hear anybody saying they're going to be the cowboy that day or the sheriff in town and take anybody down. And you know people had guns on them. They they, 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 they probably did. The good guy with the gun is a fallacy. Yeah, it's there, not. There are, there are incidents. There are incidents when it does happen, mostly on home protection, but there are the rare incidents. But when you juxtapose that against... What, uh, uh, what open carry and concealed carry lead to in terms of innocent deaths? It's it it it's it's you know thousands to one, whatever the numbers are, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's the argument of deterrent, and there's just no proof of that. They're so just, I didn't uh, see any of this. So I was off grid, like I said. So what did, was the man arrested for anything? Okay. Or so so he, he was so the the off duty fireman pulls his handgun on this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Who and by all counts, wasn't doing anything, and he really was, uh, in statements later, he was testing his Second Amendment rights, mm-hmm. uh, and he wanted to film people's reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was saying, Breitbart tried to sell this Let as me a guess, good this guy. guy was white? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if, if he would have been... Uh, Hispanic or black, he probably would have been shot already. That's what I'm thinking, but okay. Get I mean, continue. there's a story of the guy that, that uh, in, in Walmart that was walking around with a, a toy gun that he was going to buy in Walmart that got shot. Yeah, I kind of remember that like last year or something. Yeah, like yeah it was not that, not that old long ago. And because they were talking about how the, 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 the guy in, in, in Texas um, was um, escorted out. You know, he wasn't even shot, you know? Mm, yeah, you, 
Yeah. Anybody else have a bloody Anyway, nose? so this Missouri story. So they're trying to sell this as good guy with gun stops potential bad guy with gun. I'm like, the good guy with gun should be arrested. The other guy was doing nothing. And this guy pulls his gun on him just because he's exercising his right to open carry in that state. And you can't just pull your gun on people <laughs> if you feel threatened. I mean, that that's... You know, I mean, maybe you could, maybe you could have shot him and said, "Stand your ground." Those fucking laws are all whacked out too. <laughs> but what really got me was I'm reading this Breitbart article about how the good guy stopped the bad guy, and I'm like, wrong. The bad guy in this situation, by legal standards, was the fireman. Now, the guy who walked in with the AR is an idiot, obviously. And I would say what he did should be against the law. Instigating and, violence or something. But he's, I, I, because suge- I suggest that it's like uh, screaming fire in a, in a right, movie right. where you cause panic. mass panic and people get hurt or, or are terrorized. I, but Blotto and I sort of were talking a little bit about that before we went on the air. And you made a good point because we don't know if it caused a panic. Right. And, and, and if, if it caused a panic, then almost any time you're... you're you're walking around with your open carry, you could say you're causing a panic. I mean, there's no question. If I'm at the mall and I see some guy walking in the door with his AR, slung or not slung, whatever position he is, I'm calling the police. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's one of the things that has now kind of um, come up uh, with, with some of the awareness of what open carry means is I see a lot of people calling for, if you see anybody with open carry... Mm. Call the police. Have them come out. Hey, our logo is if you see something, call. Harass them. If you see something, call. That's on the downtown buses and trains and stuff where I live. You see something, call. Yeah. Even if you see something. That's all they say. So so I'm I'm, I'm going through all these Breitbart articles, and and some are agreeing with the writer, who's this supposed Second Amendment expert, and I'm like, don't you see what's going on here? They're just trying to sell you on the good guy story, but really, this is an anti-Second Amendment story. And then, then I was, you know, reading all these comments, well, this guy should be arrested and this should be against the law. And then I'm like, so what you're really saying is you're in favor of more gun, gun control. control. <laughs> gun control. That's what gun control is about. You want a law passed so this guy can't walk into a Walmart with his AR-15 just to see how people would react. That would require a law. Yeah. <laughs> that would require more control of guns. Of guns. And and I, I don't even know how many of these, you know, bright bargains even recognize what they were saying by saying there ought to be a law. <laughs> it, it just, you know, to, to me, the Missouri incident says as much about gun control and maybe more about gun control than uh, Dayton and El Paso. Because Dayton and El Paso were, were bad people, right? I'm, they're not, they, you know, the mentally uh, ill uh, argument is also a bunch of bullshit, but they were very evil, bad people, right? And will we stop all of those people? But it, it's going to be really hard, right? But the idea is not just stop, right? We want to reduce 30,000 mm-hmm. down to something that you know, puts us in line with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. We'll start with that. <laughs> but but the Missouri situation really, to me, says a lot about what's wrong with our gun laws. 
that that that's the way I look at the Missouri situation. <clears throat> I think in some of those chat rooms, they are promoting people to do this, to push this Second Amendment and being able to carry in places that are allowed. I believe I've read somewhere that they are enticing people to. Well, do this. okay, so. I don't know that they are or they aren't. I mean, what 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 compelled him to do this, right? But it's interesting. There's a, there's a level of conspiracy theory on that, right? Mm -hmm. So then people were like, you know, this guy was a Democrat, and he is trying to make a point that this ought to be against the law. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I'm going to say he was a teabagger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say he's been teabagged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Does he still, I wonder if he's out of jail? Yeah, or no, he was not arrested. He, he was, was detained. Arrested. He was detained. questioned. He was let go. Because he broke no law. But I wonder, like, if his boots were shaking just a little bit when that guy pulled a gun on him. You wonder, you know? like well, I, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, if somebody pulls a gun on you, I hope you're nervous. Absolutely. One way or another. The, the way you're looking at this, did you hear any talking heads talk about it in this way? I, I have not. On the, I've stayed away from TV talking heads for the most part lately, um, uh, but I, I I would imagine that some are, yeah. Because I had not heard that argument, and so I was just wondering, is it? No, I, I think it's out there. You know, it's it's certainly out there on social media, both on on the right side and on the left side, because well, I've been jumping you know. in on a lot of those conversations, and um, it, it it still just blows my mind when people are saying that there ought to be a law, but then against gun control. Right. <laughs> and there was a lot of it. I know years ago, where I live in one of the suburbs, some young guy, medium guy, started marching up and down the streets with his AK-47. And evidently, Pennsylvania is an open carry if you have the right Michigan license. Michigan is too. Right. So the local cops are getting totally bombarded with people calling. And they're like, you know, this is an open carry, and you can do what you, you know, you can carry it. And so then eventually it got around to the social media, and everybody was like, okay, but can't we maybe just wonder why he's marching around? And I think eventually they got some kind of health expert in there, and his guns were eventually taken away. There are two incidents in Michigan like that. One that occurred in Birmingham, so like three or four years ago, maybe more. This was about three or four years ago too. Yeah. There was a there was a guy walking around downtown Birmingham with his with his AR, and you know, the Birmingham I'd say, <laughs> you know, that, that's like having somebody from Roseville over there, right? Oh my. <laughs> so, so um, uh. Um, uh, I remember that uh, there were like two people that called the police. Like two, they like, like they had to visit this guy twice. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? To and then. There's another incident, I think it was in Michigan, but maybe not, about a neighborhood where this guy was patrolling. That was in, the, I, Abington made news, I know. And and this guy was patrolling. and uh, That's what he said he was doing. Yeah, and he was frightening a lot of people, and, yeah. and they kept calling the police on him. And I think police just kept saying they couldn't do anything about it. But they did eventually kind of hush, hush. You know, they kind of got... Well, Philly there. police do all kinds of things, hush, hush, yeah. Well, this is a suburban <laughs> area. This is a small suburban... This would be like Royal Oak. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and such like that. You know, you said something, though, about the whole gun control thing. And then you go back, this is a fireman that's carrying the gun. Yeah. Okay, I understand firemen generally, you know, have sometimes go into scary areas. I watch Chicago Fire, so I understand. 
So, and a lot of times they're first responders. They're first responders into reasons. a place, you know, and yeah. maybe you do need one. But he was off duty, so he was just carrying it around nonchalantly, whatever he was doing. Okay. <laughs> but then, you know, this is the other argument you hear from some of our, our police enforcement and such. They don't always know. And this is why so many people, you know, they don't know now who's a good guy and bad guy. Because people have firearms. Right. right. No, if every... If, you know, our, our friend on, on, on Facebook that we argue with, and he said something about, well, you know, what was this? It was, it was, it was a bizarrely written thing, but if, if the 31 people in Walmart would have each had a gun. Hmm. Like, it, it, that, it's just it's such a crazy argument. There were, have, probably were people with guns. But, right, but you'd have a shootout. What? And then the police are going to come walking in. And when they you're caught by they surprise, don't know, they don't know who's it. bad and good, and they're just going to be shooting at everybody. There was a problem with another shooting situation where someone was shot and killed, I think, because he had a gun and he was trying to get the bad guy. Well, even in mass shootings. Was that the line? Was that the line? Uh, what was it called? Line, line? Pulse? Pulse, maybe? I remember. There, there, might have, there, there might have been somebody that was. Off in, duty or something. And, yeah. And yeah. they didn't know if it was friendly fire, as they put it, or not. Right. Know? Right, yeah. No. Oh, the gang war that with the bikers in Texas, they determined that it was the police that shot everybody. <laughs> well, I don't know. They didn't, they, okay, that I don't know. They determined, but they did, what they did do is no indictments. Yeah, right. No indictments. Right. In that, do you know what we're talking about? Uh, Twin Peaks. I I don't remember now. It, it, Several Texas. years ago in Texas at a restaurant. Uh, it was restaurant like, I, I, biker bar. Well. It wasn't a biker bar. It like was, a trading was, post or something. It was Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Okay, I don't know. You know what Twin Peaks restaurants are? Yeah. They're kind of like um, a Tilted Kilt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, a hot girl serving cold beer. Right, okay. And Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there's one, I think, in Troy or something. Or closed already. Ah, it doesn't matter. Whatever. They're a national chain. So there was a biker of a fight out in front of... So the, it started on the inside, and then they went out to the parking two, lot. Two disagreeing little gangs. Factions of yeah, factions. two different gangs or whatever, these bike gangs. And it turned into gunplay, and they started shooting one another. And uh, I think, like, three people ended up dead or something. Maybe and, six, I don't know. But yeah. it wasn't a lot for, like, all the, you know, shooting. But there was, was like, 40 out. people arrested or something. Yeah, like, everybody got arrested, and the police were there and everything. So just about uh, two or three months ago, yeah. I read an article update on this story. The county has decided, or the state has decided, no charges for anybody. Just pretend the whole thing didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> because they, they couldn't sort it out. They don't know who, you know, bikers are pretty mama and pointing fingers. There's no snitching going on anymore. And so side. they just... They just Threw their hands up. Yeah. I give. Yeah. That's a real Wild West attitude. They, they, there was a change. Because of elections, there was a change in prosecutors. Mm-hmm. And then the new prosecutors came in and basically said, we can't even, we'd have to start all over again. What, what, what these guys did was not good enough. We don't, we don't even understand they were going with this, you know. I, I, but I hadn't heard that it's because maybe the police were a bigger part of the problem than, and that's that's another I, reason that's why this I thing read. could have been swept under the rugs, but yeah. I kinda, think that's what kinda, I read or saw somewhere yeah. in the news. All right. Well, okay. Let's just hope that this time is different. You know, I've been wanting to have a gun control show, and I don't even know if we really even had that much of a gun control show, but for a while, and I've often thought talking, or you know, thinking of. Uh, you and knobs. Do I want to approach it as 
let's have one before the next shooting occurs or wait till the next shooting. It's it's you know, it's 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 a sad it's a it's a sad way to to, to you know plan your your political agenda. Well, with the pace we're on, what two hundred and fifty shootings in twenty nineteen or yeah mm -hmm. yeah. And we're in it's going to keep happening. So, but the but the but the mass tragic events are also going to keep happening. Oh, yeah. and probably continue. I mean, they they've also increased. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, lastly, and I, I do want to wrap this up. And mm -hmm. um, uh, here's how I think this has to change, and this is uh, you know, I believe that that laws will will start the ball rolling in terms of reducing gun violence. But I don't think that America overcomes its gun violence problem until we demonize and stigmatize gun ownership. The U.S. has done a very good job with things like cigarettes. You know, the government stepped in, uh, what are the PSAs, advertising, uh, and, and, and public awareness you know, really stigmatize the use of tobacco. And what we and, and that changed the culture. I mean the culture back in the forties and the sixties, mm -hmm. everybody was smoking. I mean that was part of culture. And so it almost looked like you were never going to get that removed out of culture. Smoking in the workplace, smoking on airplanes. Smoking in the boys' room. <laughs> and um <laughs> uh and I think that in America, the problem we have is a cultural problem with guns. The laws enable it, but we have to really figure out how to change the culture. In order to change that culture, we have to stigmatize. So if someone says, I have a gun, you're like, what the hell for? Like, you know, are you an idiot? The same way you look at people that smoke. Mm -hmm. How much, you know, how much do you, how much information do you need to have to know that it's going to kill you, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and I think that's where, that's what's really going to change. And and it does start with laws. It, 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 the government has a big say in how that happens, you know? And they've and they've done it with cigarettes, and I'm sure there's another example that I... Seatbelts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people wear seatbelts now in the back seat just routinely getting in a car. Yeah, I do. Right? And, you know... Um, Child safety seats, and, same and, thing. And all that awareness. And it starts by laws, but then it permeates the culture, mm -hmm. right? Drunk driving is another yep. example. Oh, big one, yeah. Right? I mean, you know, there was a lot more drunk driving going on yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And, um, and and so that's that, to me, is the place that America has to get to. It has to stigmatize um, gun ownership in a way that just says, there's something wrong with you if you need to own seven guns and, and an AR-15. Hmm. hmm. Might be some pie in the sky, but yeah. But I think, that's, I think that's the way that it works in other countries. I don't think people in Canada or, you know, France or, you know, they, they, they wish they had more guns. <laughs> I don't think, you know, but dang, we don't have that Second Amendment. You know, gosh, I wish we had a Second Amendment that we could own as many guns as those Americans. I don't think that's that's the way it works over there. I think they look at it as, why would I want to own a gun? If I own a gun, my neighbor's going to own a gun. You know, if I want to go shoot somebody, somebody's going to want to shoot me. <laughs> it's all bad. <laughs> anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get to the next beer. All righty. 
Fred, what do you got in the treasure trove? Ah, Austin Brothers, Woody Wheat. Well, why don't you give us a little uh, talk up of this beer? I will talk it up big time. Uh, I think I mentioned to you uh, while we were camping two weeks ago that this is my summer go-to now. We were, I think in another episode we were talking about summer go-to beers. Um, I'm a, I, I really like Austin Brothers Brewery. I, I love their flavor combinations. Um, They've got a lot of uh, unique stuff. And I came across this one and it's like, yeah, I'll give this a try. And um, I've been going through it quite rapidly. Um, it's good to hear. So it's a, it's a wheat beer. Um, and uh, they talk about notes of orange peel and vanilla. Um, I, I detect the vanilla much more uh, than the orange, but it's there. Um, I, I've been so much about wheat beers lately, um, and, and this just, to me, hits all the right, the right notes. Uh, so let's, uh, let's open them up, uh, give them a pour. Church key here. <clears throat> In scenic Alpina, is that what it's called? Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it Alpina scenic. <laughs> a lot of trees up there. That's uh, probably why it's called Woody. Um, There's Woody. no shortage of trees in Alpina. Uh, no, actually, Alpina is very pretty. Um, is you know, a, a people, lake? It's on it's Huron. on Lake uh, Huron. So okay. so many people get caught up on the west side of the state. Mm -hmm. And um, I think oftentimes the east side of Michigan and Lake Huron side of Michigan is often forgotten. They get snubbed. But, <laughs> but in fairness, Lake Michigan has all sand. Lake Huron is all rock. Right. The beaches <laughs> do make a difference. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. So. Keep yeah. the mother happy. And, it, and if you <laughs> go a beach. on the other side of Port Huron, the Canadian side, it's all sand again. Yes, because you know, the I think it's the whole we the weather patterns bring up all the sand, you yeah. know, heading e uh, easterly, right? Westerly winds. Is it rocky in Chicago? Yeah, uh, it's not. Re it's not sandy. It's not like it's not like. Our coast um, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we get to tasting these beers, though, uh, kind of a quick uh, finish, uh, final synopsis of the uh, the, the Black Rock. Presque Ale, Presque Isle Ale. For me. I liked uh, it from start to finish. I thought it was a, a really good, well-balanced beer. And it, to me, it tasted the same beginning as it did at the end. So I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was good. Special guest woo-woo? For me, I liked it. Yeah. Liked everything about it, like the marketing, like the taste, like the, the color. tasted yeah. great. can was pretty cool. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, for me also, you know. Mm -hmm. even, even though it was hoppy, like I said, that grapefruity... Acid didn't come through to me, and um, right. I think balance is really a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, and very refreshing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it wasn't, what, wasn't like I was having a hard time putting it away to 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 get to my woody wheat. <laughs> That's a cornholio old beer. Ah, you, you could put away a couple of those plain cornholio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could. Maybe you know that. Maybe yeah. I should have done this as the board design for my cornholio boards. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, now we got the uh, the woody wheats poured, so give, give them a taste. Up. 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 Um, not much head on on my pour. No, mm -mm. mine either. And definitely that, um, uh, definitely that um, 
uh, haziness. It tastes like ice cream. <laughs> it. I'm tasting it. I'm teasing, of course. No, no, no. The, the yeah, vanilla is there. Like I said, yeah. the vanilla is very strong, um, but it'll mellow out. Yeah, it, it, it was the first thing that tickled my tongue, though. But there was something else. What was the other thing in here? Orange, orange peel. peel. Mm. So when you put the vanilla and the orange together, sometimes it's that creamsicle kind of flavor. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but I don't find it to be too much like that. So that's one of the reasons I like it. But uh, Well, um, we have mentioned a couple of times, and I kind of wanted to bring this up as, as, as sort of a little fun topic, especially after something as heavy as the last segment, um, our camping trip. I mentioned the woody weed. You mentioned the cornholio. Um, and we also talked about possibly doing a podcast from that event, and we never really got around to it. No. But um, was it last weekend, or was it the weekend before? No, it was last weekend. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because this was a short work week. Right. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. So we came back Monday. Yeah. So 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 last weekend <clears throat> um, was an annual camping trip with a group of our friends. This year was more than most, right? I mean, we yeah, had a yeah. few of the outliers come in. I think we, I think we in. tied our record this year. 30, 35. 35 mm-hmm. people. Um, and, uh, and it's been something that I've been doing because I was kind of a founding member for 38 years going to this, uh, um, this state park for camping uh, with a friend or friends for that long. And, uh, you know, as, as a larger group, we're plus 20 years, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when we started doing this, uh, it was myself and uh, Shuey, and, and then the next year was uh, four guys, and then after that it grew, and it was like just an all-guys thing. And I can remember when... For those for those years that it was just an all guys week of camping and trying to put as many empties on the pyramid that we could, <laughs> I, I remember even having conversations. Are we still going to be doing this when we're married? Are we still going to be doing this with our kids? And voila, we we, we did, and we have been <laughs> for a long time. Now we have yet to have any grandchildren attend. <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't we haven't gotten over we haven't reached that threshold yet. You don't um, call it a milestone; you call it a threshold. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, mm-hmm. it's a milestone too. A milestone just sounds so old, right? But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but we have a blast camping. Unfortunately for myself and for many others in the group, it's really the only camping we do now. Yeah. Right. I mean. You know, we all used to own pop-ups and do more camping and, uh, you know, you know, just take off, you know, on short notice weekends and go camping. Uh, but camping's awesome. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the work of getting set up and tearing down and getting ready. But that in-between part, uh, I'm still convincing myself it's all worth it. <laughs> But it really I, seems like wait a minute. I now, seem we'll, we'll, to recall, though, that you were saying to me at one point, you were trying to see if people were interested in a resort or hotel I, <laughs> this year. I do recall you said something to me about that. Okay. Mambia? Look, oh. I, all traditions, 
Traditions sometimes have to come to an end. <laughs> and I qualified what I just said. Uh, all the setup, all the teardown, all the pre-work, it just about makes that middle part, you know, that, that, that middle part worth it in between. Um, but it... it it's it still camping is still a lot of fun. I agree. And you camp, right? So I so, camp, but I glam camp. So we try and glam camp on a budget. So that's yeah. kind of the way we do it, right? Is that the way you would describe it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're tenting it, but we 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 bring our whole kitchen with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's tough. I've done that. I mean, I did tent camping in the Pocono Mountains, bringing it all in, bringing it all out. You know. Setting it up, canopies, this, that, it's raining on you already, and thunderstorms are on your head. Never know. But glam camping is more, and I think a lot more people are finding it more convenient. So you're, you're glam camping. Uh, you're talking about your stationary camper down on the Jersey Shore, correct? Right. Yeah. Right. But before that, you were a little bit more nomadic oh, in yeah. your camping, oh, right? Oh, yeah. I was you tent. Know? I still have the same tent. I use it at right. Deadhead weekend. Right. It's a big old tent. I can put it up by myself and tear it down. I've had it over 25 years. Yeah. Um, but that now has been replaced by your stationary yes. RV. But it's actually little housing living because I am in one of the smallest travel trailers. I've been there. And it is very small, as you can say. But it's very efficient, and it's enough for my needs, which is I don't spend any time inside. Right. That's... I don't even cook inside, but I do have a private shower. And I'll potty yeah and that, and that makes it all the worth it <laughs> so pretty good yeah it is really worth that's what it's all about you know yeah and we do have a queen bed so it's you know it's getting sounds better off yeah. <laughs> she said glam camping right yeah, yeah. but you know i mean it's still camping you know i don't have a even a screen porch outside mine we're outside on the deck for the whole time it does have a deck you know, but what? and a canopy overhead, but we have a lot of shade, so we don't even really need that canopy all the time. Now, we, this was, we, but it's still camping. I have to tell people when I'm in the hootie, you know, no, it's definitely camping. I've been there. area, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a seasonal campgrounder, you know. Then no, it's go, a campground. It's you, a campground. You, you drive in, and you yeah, feel and like you're what's in a nice is they don't let any uh, golf carts in there, so there's not any of that loud zipping around, motorized little vehicles going on. It kind of keeps it kind of on the quiet side. Uh, friends with your neighbors. Oh, yeah, it's great for that because you, you know, the same people. I'm a newbie and I've been there seven years. And you're still a newbie. I'm still a newbie. I'll be a newbie for another 10 years. There's people <laughs> That's that awesome, been, actually. There's, that, there's people that have been there for 40 years. You know, they started out with their parents, now they own, and now their grandchildren are there. I mean, I, there's whole families and designated streets. They're all color. The streets are all by color. And there's designated families where have like three sites in a row four sites and um but they're very friendly people and i i am in the sense lucky i came in there knowing people already down there i actually rented a cabin for the first time down there years ago my son was like four and then when we got a trailer which ironically we bought in michigan but um we stuck it there after doing a Pocono run with it first. Mm -hmm. And we just decided, you know, this is great, but hauling it around is not so great. <laughs> nope. so, so you just, you know, find a spot, mm -hmm. and that's the spot. Um, so we pay seasonal from May 15th to August, October 1st, excuse me. But you, you shut it down, but you don't remove it. No, we, we, we give them a deposit to keep it for us for next year. And uh, they shut off water then, so you really can't do much mm. down there. We have, I have electric. I keep the electric running all year round, which is very minimum there. You don't, I mean, 
it's the size of my bedroom at home. Yeah. You know, so I just air conditioned that. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's a good, but, it, you know, there is a setup in the beginning of the year and the breakdown at the end. You know, you yeah. got to take your lights off the tree. I guess if there's no setup or no breakdown, then it's and not some, camping in any sense, right? I'm telling <laughs> there's people that don't do anything, they but they have their little trailer. I think, you know, they just don't do anything outside, but... Um, one of the things uh, about your situation, and I think this is not complete, not really even necessarily what I wanted to talk about, but I want to bring this up, is the notion of the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Well, you're not on the coast. No, we're a little inland. But you certainly are considered Jersey Shore. Like if people say I'm going to the shore, yeah. where you're in proximity. And I think I always had this impression, uh, even with some of my... Uh, uh, East Coast connections, you know, mm-hmm. family and being born there and all that stuff. That when someone said I was going, I'm going to the shore, you always just assume they're getting the ocean spray. Well, you can. You, there's plenty of beaches to go. But that's not necessarily what they mean. No, it's the whole experience of community, shore, so like time, in, restaurants, bicycling, in Michigan, boardwalk. Right. You know, so beaching, here's, here's, the, here's, here's the comparison. Taffy, you know, it's the whole thing, in, in, ice in, cream. And that's awesome. Um, in Michigan, there's a lot of debate about where up north starts. Ah. Right? Does up north start after Flint, after Grayling? You know, what is... Right, so, so, like, it's interesting. Like, do they have similar conversations in Jersey about what is considered Jersey Shore? I think they it, figured it out already. <laughs> I, think, I think it's anything really... Because I'm on a peninsula, so the Jersey Shore area. Yeah, you're Cape May area, I'm in right? Cape May, right? Yep. I'm a little north of Cape May. And it's a pretty narrow piece of land. So anything in Cape May would be considered Jersey Shore. Oh, absolutely. That whole area. Yeah, yeah. that's the shore. Because yeah. you're, you're on the beach, even where I am. So I'm in the I'm a little bit 30 minutes north of Cape May. If you go to the south point of Cape May, I'm like 30 minutes north on uh, traffic day. And... Uh, the beach is, if you're facing north, the beach is to my right, and the beach is a 15-minute ride. <laughs> Hopefully actually, it's to the east. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to think which direction I'm sitting. So <laughs> facing north, the beach would be on my right, and it's it's a 15-minute car ride. But uh-huh. the bay is actually about five minutes away from me on that side. There's a back bay, and it's right there because you have to go over bridges to get to the islands where the actual beaches like that are you know the more touristy beaches okay. where the to- tourist like are. stone harbor stone harbor yeah or wildwood or any of those yeah to my left is the bay the bay is less than eight minutes away but it's the bay it's a little different than it's the delaware bay yeah and the mouth of the delaware bay and you know that surrounds and then the in cape may is where atlantic and uh the bay meet i see I see. So we're in a very narrow peninsula. I don't think. Right. I, rem- I remember when you took us there, I remember checking out the map and trying yeah. to understand where I was. But what I found interesting about the whole, the Jersey Shore and what that really means, it doesn't necessarily. It's a whole mean, experience. It doesn't, yeah. A lot of people go to the shore. They never go to the beach at all. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of people. They never go to the beach. They go to the shore. I, I the Jersey Shore was a beach. That's my understanding. Yeah, right? but they don't. They don't even go right, to. Right, but the, 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 yeah, there's the terminology in that Philly, New York, Jersey area, if you're yeah. saying you're going to the shore, it doesn't mean you're going to get your feet wet in the ocean. No, chances are yeah. you're not. A lot of people don't. They don't go in, but oh, they go yeah. out. And I that's something that I, I learned. Have known that. Because when she said her camper was at the Jersey Shore, and I'm like, I'm <laughs> sure here. And I started, you know, that started to make sense to me that Jersey Shore is more uh, regional or... 
yeah. or cultural. Like cultural. as you said, it's very cultural. It's cultural. It's doo-wop. It's music. It's happy hours. I mean, all the bars do have, they don't stay open. The, the bars don't run specials at night. They run them at happy hours when everybody's getting off the beach. You know, the people that do that in the towns. But that's, you know, fishing. A lot of fishermen, like I said, it's a huge yeah. fish. I mean, no, there are shore. There's shore lines. Oh, there's definitely beaches. Yeah. And yeah. it's a continuous thing, except for like Wildwood Inlet. Those are certain areas where it goes into the back bay. Mm-hmm. There's an inlet at Stone Harbor and Avalon where it goes into the back bay. We went to Wildwood also, didn't we? Yeah, we drove through there. That had that real doo-wop old hotel kind of look. Yeah, a lot of Art Deco yeah. kind of stuff. Well, it's doo-wop. It's 50s and 60s kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when we walked on the boardwalk, Yeah. Right? That yeah. was probably in, I think we were right in downtown. Because we were there two nights. One night we did just around Cape May or something. I don't I, I kind of remember. No, we were in Avalon in uh, Windriff up in the more hoity-toity area. Oh, took us to the top shelf. Yeah. Of course. Huh? Yeah, of course. Wow. I did. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, we went into the China. Was it where they had the... China Inn, maybe? The, the, it's not called an iconic, I think. So, so yeah. that's one way of camping. Yep. And there's our way of camping, which is tents and then uh, bins full of whatever we can stuff in them. <laughs> like a puzzle. <laughs> uh, it's had, hard labor, though, to camp the way you do. It's hard labor. It is. I started packing Especially when uh, you put four a, days ahead. Spike into a root. <sighs> when you what? Oh, I, I, we couldn't even explain that on podcast. Okay, we, carry on. Uh, just <laughs> skip it. Do you guys now use? I know I've noticed a lot of people now use those smaller pop up tents. Not like I have a big old old Coleman that's these big. No, we use big tents. You okay? Yeah, yeah. We use big tents and air mattresses and. Got to have an air mattress. You can't um, survive. Yes, anymore. in fact, uh, uh, she told me that our mattress, our, our air mattress, isn't deluxe enough. <laughs> what does she want? One of them. Three foot yes, thick one. With, ah. the, with, with the pillow top, the air mattress with the pillow top. I'm there with the missus on that one. Now, now, uh, uh, Pig and Bucket, they have a, uh, they do a, it's like an air mattress on a cot thing. Oh, it opens up like one of those umbrella chairs. Something, yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I've been tempted really, to get that for my. It's really pretty nice. My, my one camping experience on the ground now. But he brings up a trailer. Like a storage trailer, you know, <laughs> to put this stuff in. Why don't plus, you guys plus he's rent got like a, a little U-Haul or something and you can get it? We saw a couple of those this past weekend. Yeah. Remember that anal retentive guy by us? The, the best way the, to the explain, compound. his campsite was a compound. So he had, like, the sleeping quarters, which was a big L-shaped tent. Mm-hmm. And then he had a kitchen... Um, Kind of like the tent you'd see like at a uh, art fair. Canopy. Mm-hmm. Like a, the canopy, but three mm-hmm. sides. And mm-hmm. then countertop all the way around mm. with coffee maker, mini fridge. Two fridges. Everything. Two fridges. Then they had like the mother-in-law suite. Oh, my God. Which had a, I think it had like a recliner in it or something. And and she had her own bed, but then sometimes that was converted. And then they had a, a dining room tent. Hmm. That thing was really unique had like window panes on it. It was sort of <laughs> hexagon shaped with a mm. dining room table in the middle of it. Mm. And then there was like another build. They had like five tents. How, how many people site. were in this compound? 
Uh, maybe uh, seven, six or seven. Now, I don't know about your state parks, but I know the state parks in Pennsylvania, you can only stay for two weeks straight on the site, and then they, they make you move on. There. That, I think that was probably... I, I think we're two weeks also. In two Michigan. weeks, yeah. yeah. And there's rules about the number of people and right. how all that works, you know. Cars on sites and stuff. Yeah, but they've gotten way more laxed on that. They used really? to be really, really strict on it, but huh. they, they hardly ever do. I mean, because we had uh, three cars and five people registered on my site. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, where it used to be two cars only. Right. And when I checked in, I said, you know, my son's coming with, and he's driving himself. And he was like, yeah, just tell him to pull in. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, so that that wasn't our problem. <laughs> <laughs> we did have, just, this is kind of fun. Uh, glam camping, we had a bar. So I hear. <laughs> we had a, <laughs> so... So Bucket had found this 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 uh, travel bar because it like breaks down into a suitcase. <laughs> it does. I, yeah. I, I only saw it set up. I, I didn't yeah. see the... it breaks down. A like traveling that. bar. Wow. And uh, then we uh, all donated uh, various uh, liquors and mixers, and we had it under a big canopy with lights and a picnic table, and uh, yeah, it was uh, um, something uh, added. To, to this year's uh, tradition. Well, okay, so you had traditions of just only men. Yeah. And then you brought in, obviously, your Spouses girlfriends and girlfriends, wags. Yeah, wags. What year did that change over? You, you know, I remember the first girlfriend that came along. And Spike, if you're listening to, um, to, to this episode, I remember when we invited you to Higgins Lake and... You were like, well, you know, the girlfriends are coming. And we were like, it's really not a girlfriend thing. And he was like, no, it's a girlfriend thing. <laughs> and he really wanted to bring bring his girlfriend at that time. But you guys wouldn't allow it? Spike. Who's his wife now? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. All right, because yeah. I was like, No, no, we, we allowed it to I happen. Think, but, I think I was in California. But he was, he was a little miffed. He was like, why wouldn't we have the girlfriends go? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a guy thing, you know? So that was... That was the first year that, uh, and I think, I don't know if uh, Bean Dip was, was, was dating her sister at that time or not, but, but it, was, it was Spike and somebody else, and they wanted to bring the girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Could have been, could have been. Uh, Miguel and Elise? Yeah. Was it? No. I don't know that they've ever. Been yeah, but, but anyway, so that's, that's, you know, we had some friends kind of, you know, push us to break that, that mold. And, and then once the girlfriends, otherwise, yeah. there was kids. Uh, <laughs> well, now our. Our kids are actually, they're all coming of age. Yes, they're hardly kids. They're in their 20s. And they probably outlast you. No, <laughs> not this year. <laughs> okay, this I bite year. my tongue. Uh, we were the ones that had the bar, not them. It wasn't their idea to bring the bar. We yeah. had the bar. Mm-hmm. And the impressive bar was, if I have, a, if I can come up with a good photo of the bar, I'll put it on our social media account. I have a couple pictures of it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, with all the bottles, you, 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 oh, it would be great if you had a front and a back with the bottles in the back and the bottles on top. So, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it in that way. Oh, yeah. I can't put that picture yeah. of half yeah. pint in. But the the real thing I wanted to say about our Higgins Lake trip is that it is a tradition that we have and we've had for thirty eight years, and. You think about what traditions you may have, right, that are really, and, you know, there's the family traditions and then there's the friend traditions. And I think the friend traditions are more 
um, admirable in a way to, to hold together the fact that we've been able to, to, to do this for as long as we have. Uh, family traditions are often forced, even if people don't want to do them, you know. <laughs> this is what the family says and you're going to do it. We didn't really have those, did we? Did our nucleus family have a tradition? I think of small ones. I can think of small holiday ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yes. I would say um, for the longest time, the Christmas trees didn't go up until Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And no presents were under the tree until that point. Yeah. None. They were all hidden. Um, I would say that we always got spring clothes at Easter. Always. Mm-hmm. Always a new duded up outfit. Um, I do recall... Uh, Mom was pretty good about birthdays. We didn't have a lot of family, but she always threw us a party, like especially the big. Yeah, that's everybody's tradition. No, okay. I mean, can't can't go too far. We always had meatballs and spaghetti on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a given with, with Italian. Uh, Fred, Fred, uh, what traditions have do, do, do you recognize, family or otherwise? Any others? Tough. Well, no, no. I'm I'm trying to think if there's something out of the ordinary stuff. I mean, like, we always do a, before Christmas, we either do, um, it's a chicken town. A chicken town of 75. Oh, Frankenmuth. Frank of Frickenmuth. We go to Frickenmuth <laughs> and go to Zenders and we get a, a, a new ornament for every year. You know, oh, yeah. Because it's the largest Christmas tree store in the world i've been there yeah yeah who hasn't yeah um yeah. so our listeners in turkey have probably been there yeah, yeah. the istanbul guys but um that's one that we do um do we yeah. have another tradition amongst our friends uh, like now we, we tried to start one with halfway to higgins but nat is teetering on the uh, on the on the verge of collapse on year two well it's because of the price yeah of yeah right right well with the poho bunch we have been doing the Traverse City. Yeah, house, you do that, right? That is a tradition, and I believe that will. How, how many years you've been doing that? Blado uh, is me, not invited. Me personal. Well, <laughs> don't take it personal. I know, I know. There's only the house is only so big, but um, I think they've been going seven years now. I have only gone three. But it, it is it is a cool house. It's it's in a cool area. Seven's a good number. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't see that one going away. There's got to be another another thing that that I would consider a tradition that we do. That well, what about any of these uh, like motocross races around here, like car shows? Well, we do we do Comic Con every year. Yeah, well, is like, that is that a tradition or well, is that something we like to do? I, I'm on year two. I, you know, I mentioned I was in, in Dayton. And we were there for a concert, and uh, we go with the other couple. And two years ago, we went to Indianapolis and saw a concert there. And so we've kind of said, you know, on, on top of we go to a big music festival every year, so that's kind of a tradition too. We're, I'm year three on that, but let's pick this. Let's do. Let's start a tradition where every year we're going to pick a, you know, destination concert. You know, so we're two years into that. We'll we'll see how long you know that that carries on. But a destination concert, you know, some people do like destination sports events. You know, our right. friend Shameless, who has been on, you know, uh, they do a uh, uh, an away Michigan State game every year. They pick a different you know different opponent that they're playing in uh, away, and they they do a Michigan State away game every year. I do something that does it with the Eagles. 
Oh, and they went uh, to London when they were there right. Years ago. See, that's when it gets really cool, right? Yeah. Because you're then yeah, you do that. I oh. have a tradition uh, with some friends of mine, ladies. We're all born approximately three to four months apart, so we call ourselves the birthday club. And we don't really see much in between, but we hit these birthdays pretty close to our dates. We go away sometimes, or we stick in town and just do restaurants, maybe sometimes a festival. But the yeah. idea is what brings you yeah, together. It's, yeah, it's every three, four months. I'm, I'm spring, and Joni Baloney is uh, summer, but she's moving into a new house, so we're pushing it off until next week. And then my other friends, October, we do October, November, depending on how it rolls for us with that. And we've done things like Farm Aid, and they've given me a treasure hunt to Baltimore for my party one time. Um, we've stayed in Philly, though, and done the whole town up, like, you know. And then we have a January one, too, our friends in January. So it kind of, it's almost spaced out by the time Perfect. we Perfect. Yeah, that's cool. And we've been doing that. Oh, we call ourselves the same chicks, different outfits. <laughs> Um, about, I'm going to say about 10 years, 12 years now. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's easy peasy Mm because we really don't like to let too many people in. We'll occasionally invite them to dinner, but when we do our go aways, we just like the four of us Uh, because it's easy peasy. Like there's no. Right. Yeah. 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 When you start, you know, getting larger, it it, it does get more complicated. That's why, you know, the Higgins thing is, is kind of amazing how well it's worked out. I don't know about you, back to Higgins, I don't know about your kids, but my kid lives for that week, and my kid will be going there 30 years from now. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, I think that is, there's a high probability that she would bring along, you know, my daughter. I mean, because, yes. Oh, I, I could see. You know, that's important to her. That's an important week for her as well, because I think also... Uh, some people just gravitate toward tr- traditions, you know what I mean? See, then there's the boy. He doesn't really care about traditions. Yeah. He would still go, but he's not tied into the, I have to go because it's a tradition thing, you know? Um, what, what did he say one time? Tradition was the excuse for, you know, continuing bad behavior or something. Wasn't it his professor said Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, and he lives by it now, right? But he... <laughs> he, he was like, tradition's an excuse for something, and... It wasn't like... It's an excuse for being pressured into something you don't want to yeah. do. <laughs> something along those lines. It, it's over logical. You know, just way over, you know, it's, you're thinking it. it you're it's on, it. It, he said it on the episode he was on. Yeah. I think that was the Trevor City, right? Uh, no, no, no. He was on afterwards. He was on. Uh, that wasn't Trevor City? No. That was at the halfway? No, he didn't go to halfway. He didn't go to halfway. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. Well. I'm just saying, is my kid loves that tradition. She thinks it's probably the highlight of the year, and I can almost guarantee it. She will carry on when I tip over. She won't mm-hmm. care. <laughs> she, she will plow forward. She's still going to look for somebody to pack the truck. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be glam camping by that. There you go. I, I'll, I'll do a potoms uh, up to that. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, what do we think about the beer? Um, I like it for me. Okay. Yeah. Man, I gotta go for me. One more bottoms up and out. Out. Woo! Cause baby, I hate you. Cause baby. Cause baby.